Hello everybody, welcome back to Red Flags. Tell your truth, I am the host Jesse Bushed again, and uh, hi everyone. I thought we'd start with the sponsors. Uh, obviously, Roxiana and her master class, Overcoming Depression. This training is only for open-minded people who are truly ready to change their life. Discover the exact formula to everyone's depression and never be in pain again. Depression is not your identity. You are greater than that and you deserve to be happy. There's a lot of potential deep down inside and you don't have to know how to unlock it. Anna will help you do that. So please go look up her master class. It will do wonders. So everybody, I think we'll just dive in today. I wanted to talk about a subject that again, always personal to me. We're gonna talk about the narcissist and how far they really will go to exact revenge. But before we start in on that, I wanna ask a couple questions that I don't think the people that are in these types of relationships really think about. When we're in these relationships, we are gaslighted, we are tortured, we are literally love-bombed to torture to love-bombed to torture. But we never really ask ourselves the big questions. Why did we pick our narcissist? Does she remind you of the way that you were loved by one of your parents? Have you just unknowingly repeated the scene of original trauma, your own childhood trauma? Or are you trying with your partner to have a happier ending than you did with your parents? Because most of us have childhood trauma. And this is where it stems, stems into being with a narcissist because usually we have a narcissistic parent for some reason. And when we look at it, and when we always talk about it, ladies and gentlemen, is that everyone on earth has narcissistic tendencies. So while we're in these relationships, we, we play the dance, right? The eggshell game. Are you exhausted of tap dancing around certain subjects? Do you constantly attempt to please him or her, requiring a hypervigilance that is draining? Are you working to hide your partner's volatile ways or fragile ego from your kids or friends? These are the questions we need to ask ourselves when we're in these toxic relationships. Are you being gaslighted? Narcissists have a tendency to deny things they say or claim they said. They rewrite history. They are aware of the impact that they're having on you or others. This is crazy making, ladies and gentlemen. Beware of this distortion and don't buy into it. Does your partner have a history of healthy, intimate relationships? Or is there a long-standing pattern of unstable relationships, whether romantic, friendly, or professional? History doesn't lie, so pay attention. How do you feel when you're with your partner? Separated or whole or unmeshed and sucked into their drama? Does being around your partner make you feel peaceful or on edge? Since living with a narcissist or dating one, do you feel like you're being a better version of yourself with them? Take a moment to compare how you feel about yourself before you meet this person or when in this relationship, you really have to ask yourself, do these questions fit in with your relationship? And this stems into 
the factor of the narcissistic rage. Merriam-Webster defines torture as the infliction of intense pain to coerce, punish, or afford sadistic pleasure and anguish of body and mind. Anyone who has had the misfortune of being targeted by a narcissist knows very well that torture is in fact precisely the word for experience. Narcissistic personality disorder is by nature an abusive disorder because of narcissists' deficient development of ego and empathy, which leads them to compensate with inflated entitlement and self-importance in the absence of a moderating conscience. Those closest to us, ladies and gentlemen, with NPD, such as partners, spouses, children, parents, are at most risk of torturous behavior on the other end of things. It can range from psycho-emotional to physical and sexual, but it is inevitable because narcissists don't care if they hurt others, while at the same time are often attempting to exert control and dominance, whether overtly or covertly expressed. This is the... Uh, divide and conquer, ladies and gentlemen. And this is why they segregate us off from the public, because the exert of control and dominance has to be there for them to inflict their pain. Coercion is the first part of the dictionary definition of torture. Narcissists coerce others, especially their friends and family, to uphold their manufactured identity. They create for themselves in place uh, a vulnerable instability that they experience beneath their assertion of superiority. They're continuously justifying their neglect and abuse to others. And they resort to coercion to exact cooperation and or submission from those they are violating. Or the flying monkeys. If you look at the flying monkeys, they are technically just lackeys that are so devoted because of their own toxic nature. Coercive tactics are one of the biggest things. They, they manipulate everyone. I used to call mine the show. We would go out and she would be an Emmy award-winning nominee. Like literally she could be Kim Basinger. And you'd get home and all of a sudden 360 switch. Now you're in trouble for doing or saying something while you were out and obviously the narcissistic rage incurs. Narcissistic torture on others using these common course of tactics gains compliance from us as well as gives them supply. Isolation is a big one, removing the target's independence, restricting contact with friends, outside family, social connection, containing physical freedom and limiting financial resource. They will take your paychecks. They will make sure that they are in control of all the finances, whether it be a joint account or literally taking your money. Removal of free will destabilizes the target's fundamental sense of self, reality, and worldview from persistent questioning and negative judgment. Powerlessness is a big thing. They don't, they don't want you to have any power. They don't want you to have any say. They want you to literally be complacent in thoughts, feelings, perceptions through distortion of reality. So like gaslighting. And I always tell the story about how I was sitting in bed and she goes, you went golfing yesterday, right? And I went, no. 
And she's like, yes, you did. You went with Julian. And I said, no, I, I, I didn't. I, I did this yesterday. And she's like, no. And she sat there for two hours, literally convincing me I had gone golfing until I finally went, maybe, maybe you're right. I, I, maybe I forgot. I don't see how I could forget. But literally, I thought I was losing time. I thought that I was doing things and saying things that I weren't actually doing. And she was convincing me that I had. And when I finally Googled, is why is my girlfriend telling me I'm doing things and saying things that I'm not doing? Literally gaslighting popped up. And I read it and I, I'm like thinking to myself, no, she, she couldn't be doing that to me. That, that, no, right? And then the same evening she starts again and does the same thing and I went, you're gaslighting me right now. Why are you doing that? And that was the first slip of the mask, ladies and gentlemen. This is where she started to see that I was seeing for her for her true way. Through control or controlling acceptable opinion and expression, through judgment, intimidation, silent treatment, rejection, and unspoken rules of engagement, terror, controlling the target's words, actions, thoughts through implied threats or veiled threats, or real, verbal, physical, or sexual violence. Sometimes combined with intermittent repentance, right? Promises of change, future faking, uh, rewards to keep the target in the game, or holding out hope for change. This is a big one. Like the love bomb, the future faking is always there. You are their soulmate. You're going to grow old with them. They want you to be their end game. And I've always told you, ladies and gentlemen, that was the big one for me. She would call me her end game. And she would do this every day and she would grab my face and make me look into her eyes and pretty much say, I believe you. And this is torture, ladies and gentlemen. This is psychological damage. And when you don't adhere to this stuff, if, if, if you stop giving the narcissist what they want, the supply, the reaction, if you start gray rocking, and if anybody doesn't know what gray rocking is, please look up Dr. Romani's gray rocking. It's like a dull gray rock. It has no significance. It's boring. You have to literally become boring. One word sentences. Yes, no, monotone. This stops them and starts getting bored. If, if you're trying to get out of one of these relationships, gray rocking is a very good way to do this. Now, when you finally narcissistically injure your narcissist or you just aren't complying anymore, this is where punishment comes in. Punishment is the second part of the dictionary definition of torture. Narcissists are not capable of sustaining genuine love, loyalty, or respect from others, even and often especially those who in fact love them and are loyal and respect them. Anyone who triggers them usually inadvertently sparks narcissistic rage. It's repressed insecurity, early attachment trauma that does this. And it's fair game for a host of punishments. Narcissistic punishment for numerous reasons and they do it without remorse, believing others deserve it and would do the same to them if they were clever enough or given the chance. I always tell the story that, you know, I never understood how she was banned from TikTok. And I was I was defending myself one day 
and a person's like you got her kicked off of TikTok, and and a friend of mine piped up and she's like no he didn't i know that for a fact because i did and i go and i i i you know i asked that person right i'm not going to say her name but you know i asked her how do you know that i don't even know that what are you talking about and she goes okay well i guess i never told you the story when you first put your story on TikTok, I saw you crying and, and just being devastated and, and loving your son and, and your daughter and your, your ex. And I went straight over to her page and there she was with the kids laughing and loving life like nothing happened while you're over there. Miserable. And I said to her, don't you think that this is going to hurt the kids emotionally and psychologically? And what happened was my ex replied, I don't care what happens to the children. He deserves it. Well, that person had a 300,000 person account, uh, following account, and 300,000 people went over and reported her for emotional abuse of her own children. And she was banned from TikTok. They will m make people think you deserve it. The reasons for this punishment is to control, to get revenge, to demonstrate their power of influence, to obtain or regain compliance, to vent their rage, to assert their entitlement, to shut down potential or actual threats, to defeat competition, because everything is a competition, ladies and gentlemen, to these people. They do punishment to get respect. Um, they create fear and derive sadistic pleasure from it. And we always talk about the black eyes, right? Sociopathic and psychopathic narcissists will have an animalistic nature of their pupils will dilate when they devalue. Their pupils will dilate so big that it will almost look as if there is no white in the eyes. The tactics that they exert are horrendous. And we have to really, really look at it, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, I always talk about the trauma bond between us and the narcissist. That we go through a Stockholm syndrome because of the narcissistic abuse that we endure. And then we get that one day that's really great. And then we're chasing that one day over and over and over again and hoping that the next day is that one day of good. This builds up a cortisol buildup in your brain, which causes brain damage. And this creates an addiction to the narcissist. That's why we become trauma bonded and we are devastated when they discard us. If you insult or in any way offend the narcissist, you may learn that they don't fall short on revenge tactics against you. It can be a hellish situation. Whether you're divorcing a narcissist or still married to one, you know what we're talking about. Unfortunately, having to deal with a narcissist, whether someone is a pathological narcissist or only exhibits such personality traits, is bound to bring pain and anguish. And to make things worse, getting away from a narcissist isn't any less agonizing. Not only does it relate, it's, it's supposed to be pleasing to them when, when you're in agony. When you're begging for your children because they have taken them, literally, they will gain supply off this. 
In therapy, a narcissist is taught to observe the world and others as they are, not there to serve the narcissist's fantasies. Nonetheless, when it comes to a truly pathological form of such constellation of personality traits, many believe that the ways of the narcissist can be uh, emulated. The narcissistic core is considered by some to be untreatable. Although some have, like H.G. Tudor and and others, uh, there's one on TikTok that goes through therapy has and has admitted to being a narcissist. The narcissist and others, and on the inside, in the effect of such psychological worldview, narcissists are extremely difficult for those around them. They demand most often explicitly that everyone plays by their rules. This can turn into a completely absurd situation in which their spouses or uh, lovers, right, their, their significant other, become deprived of their own personality. And it's still not enough. Narcissism, albeit it doesn't appear so, truly comes from a profound lack of self-confidence. Such as an individual can be and usually is very annoying to their environment. They come off as arrogant, demanding, in love with themselves, and everyone else falls far behind. But the opposite is also true. This truth is often hidden from themselves too. What happens when you offend the narcissist? The life of the narcissist's significant other is bound to be a miserable, miserable one. And let's face it, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do for them because they've been doing this their whole lives. They've been studying and, and understanding what they need to do to hide what they're doing. More or less, whatever you do, you will inadvertently manage to do something that will anger narcissists. The world is built around their ego, so everything has a potential of insulting them. Now, depending on their goodwill, you may get off with a slight awkward situation, or you may experience full-blown narcissistic rage with nuclear atomic bomb feature. This is something that is profoundly familiar to all those that are, have been in a relationship or married to one. Unfortunately, the life of the narcissist's uh, significant other is bound to be a miserable one to control you and they must do so because of their insecurity. Your spouse or, or um, your husband or your significant other will come up with impossible ways to make you feel unworthy. Drain your energy and zest for life. They will take your light. They will destroy your ability to see the light at the end of the tunnel. They will make it so that it is so dark that, that you don't even understand what happened and why you were so destroyed. And this is just the regular day. Now, what happens if you dare to do something that will truly enrage them? Like write a book, like I did. Or get a divorce, or find someone else who treats you better. Or in essence, reject a narcissist in any way. This is when the narcissist's truly destructive nature comes to play. A narcissist's revenge and what to do about it. Narcissists in general don't cope well with any form of failure or rejection. 
Narcissists in general don't cope well with any form of failure. Nonetheless, when they experience a rejection in interpersonal relationships, things tend to get dire. They don't like to be a, they don't like being adored. You can't live with being rejected. When rejected, as when you ask for a divorce or you fall in love with someone else, or your narcissist, soon to be ex, will quite possibly get aggressive and downright scary. Narcissists, when they feel unwanted, don't run away from hurting innocent people, like your children. And imagine how revengeful they might be with someone that they perceive as guilty, such as yourself. It happens almost without exception that leaving a narcissist turns into hell on earth for many months or even years. Unfortunately, brace yourself, ladies and gentlemen, for repeated threats, smearing your social reputation, trying to mess up your career and new relationship, suing you for custody over your kids. Whatever comes to your mind, you're probably right. Many people are simply not educated on the concept of the narcissistic wound, also known as the narcissistic injury, or in for a wrath beyond comprehension when they offend a person with narcissism. When offended, a typical person which experiences hurt feelings or feeling insulted or angry, however, the offended person might ultimately talk it through with the individual who committed the transgression with a willingness to repair the relationship and move on. This can take time, but the willingness to even talk to that person is there. A narcissist will instead silent treat or just stonewall. In general, bonds are developed and strengthened through the process of rupture and repair. People learn to handle insecurities in a relationship by building trust over time, and they see each other rupture or conflict in the relationship eventually leads to a deeper connection or repair, but not in a narcissistic relationship. Offending a person with, a narciss with narcissism can lead to immediate and lasting and perhaps irreparable fallout. When dealing with a person that has narcissistic tendencies, the rules are different. This is true in all aspects of the relationship. For this, the focus is on the narcissistic wound. These types of wounds are unlike other types of interpersonal ruptures. These differences are listed below that I will put in the comments. Typical ruptures and narcissistic wounds are literally just hurt feelings, which give shame attacks. Reaction tends to match offense. Instead, gives an extreme overreaction. They may, like a healthy one, will, will result in anger, while a narcissistic one will result in rage. A uh, healthy will may take time to repair, while a narcissistic one will cause as, as existential threats to other relationships as well as to, of theirs. Eventually, in a healthy one, it can be resolved. In a narcissistic one, it's never resolved because they will never give you any closure. You will get Dr. Jekyll and then get Mr. Hyde and back again, always. Offending a person may react with anger, withdrawal, or reparable retaliation. And a person with narcissism reacts with punishment, banishment, devalue, and or discarding of the offender. Now, why 
do narcissists react differently? This is the question. Their grandiose view of themselves are threatened by perceived attacks. These grandiose views of themselves are necessary for their self-preservation. When threatened, they are not merely offended, but their entire sense of self is at stake. Their grandiosity was developed as an overcompensatory protective system. This means to defend the person from feeling any sense of vulnerability. People with narcissism do not operate within the realm of normal human interaction, but rather in a relational barter system that generates narcissistic supply, also known as narcissistic fuel, which includes admiration, attention, praise, accolades, being perceived as superior, being seen as special, or any other means of being viewed as top dog. When others feed them these types of food, or gas or fuel, people with narcissism may have a false sense of satisfaction, but they are generally aware and never fully content because they are still lacking in true connection and intimacy with another. Whenever suppliers of narcissistic fuel fail to maintain their end of the barter system, which by the way is ultimately one-sided, People with narcissism experience a wound because their fragile and dysfunctional ego is left unfulfilled. Their feelings of dependence may get triggered as a result, and they, be, they may be incapable of facing any sense of need for another, perhaps because of early childhood attachment injury. Since people with narcissism have distorted views of themselves, they tend to perceive any positive interactions as expected and any negative interactions as personal attacks. They are particularly sensitive to perceived negative attacks because they live in a pseudo reality or delusional state about themselves in relation to others. They may genuinely believe they are superior to others. So when positive reactions come their way, they may take them for granted. People with narcissism generally feel an inner emptiness and thus need positive input from others in order to maintain their delusional sense of reality. When anyone contradicts their fantasy views of themselves, they get close to those unbearable empty feelings and react strongly in order to stop their impending sense of inadequacy. In, 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 uh, inad, inadequacy. Oh my God. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Inadequacy. I'm going to delete that inadequacy people with narcissism tend to have a chronic inner rage most people experience anger usually a response to a perceived threat of some kind anger helps us realize when we need to take action and quickly usually when people are angry angry they temporarily suspend their cognitive function and empathy to a large degree and tend to operate in immediate terms since they are continually full of rage, the flip side of their internal shame, people with narcissism may use any slight as an excuse to release some of the pressure of their inner rage slash shame struggle. Since narcissistic wounds seem to be triggered by rather innocuous events, it is helpful to understand the true root of the problem is neither caused by the target nor solved by the reaction of the person with narcissism. 
The true root of the anger of a person with narcissism has to do with a deep-seated inner rage that is in place as a countermeasure to deep-seat inner shame. So what do you do if you're involved in narcissistic wounding? Since people with narcissism have distorted views of themselves, they tend to perceive any positive interactions as expected and any negative interactions as personal attacks. If you are involved in narcissistic injury, perhaps the thing you can do is to learn to step back. Observe the person with objective curiosity, making silent statements to yourself such as, wow, how interesting that this person is going completely ballistic over something so minuscule. Or, hmm, it's a shame that we can't have a healthy conversation or resolve problems together. Then simply excuse yourself and go on with your day. Of course, this is not easy, but it's a lot easier than involving yourself in the discussion and trying to reason with the individual. This may just set you up for verbal abuse. There will likely be no good end to that at all, as you both may end up saying and hearing regrettable things, and most of the time they are recording you to edit it later to make you look even worse. If the person with narcissism gives you the silent treatment in response to you having wounded them, you must learn to walk away. A person with narcissism can be expected to want to hurt you as you have supposedly hurt them. The best way to cope with a person with narcissism is to understand that they have a condition, one that manifests in creating a dysfunctional interpersonal relationship. It is very difficult, if not possible, impossible, to have a healthy relationship with a person with narcissism. Once you accept this and learn to not need the person to change, you may be free. Social media is a big thing these, lady, these days, ladies and gentlemen. Especially with COVID, we're all inside, we're all on social media now because of this factor. If someone makes TikToks about you, or Instagrams or full pages against you. This is toxic. Even if we aren't narcissists and we are doing this for a way of closure for ourselves or even revenge against our narcissists for the things that they have done to us, it's still wrong. I did this at the start. I made TikToks and I, I called out my narcissist and I said things that I probably shouldn't have said. But I was angry. I was hurt. I missed my children. I missed my narcissist. And I'm not proud of some of the things that I have done. But it does not circumvent what happens after. Someone that has made a mistake because the narcissist is silent treating you should not ever go into full-blown nuclear war. That person should come to you in a healthy way and say, you have hurt me and you've done this and should talk to you about their feelings and what they really, really feel has hurt them about you not go and grab every friend they ever had to make slander about you or just try to destroy your life because of something that is insignificant. 
this is unhealthy. We all have sinned, ladies and gentlemen, and just like the Bible says, go now and never sin again. Because if you've never sinned, thou shalt cast the first stone. We have to look at ourselves, ladies and gentlemen, and what we're doing as well. And sometimes it's the best way is to step back or just leave that type of relationship because the end will not justify the means. I bring awareness to this because of some of the situations I have gone through and I'm still going through to this day. And I just want that one person out there that doesn't understand narcissism or knows they are in a toxic relationship to see the signs and just understand that they are not in something normal. We all love our narcissists, me included. But there is a fine line, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm going to leave it there today because it was a heavy topic. But if you are being smeared, if you are being hurt, if you are being abused and tortured, come forward. Tell the police, do what you have to do. Just be careful that the revenge is not going to come back on you tenfold, because it will. And I know that is scary, but it is an inevitability that these people will be narcissistically injured and they will come back for revenge. So be prepared. Be prepared for the segregation, the uh, triangulation between all your friends and family and people will leave. A lot of people will leave or they will believe the narcissist or their flying monkeys and they will see things that aren't even real and they will become moles in your circle for their own revenge tactics. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have a great week and thank you for listening to Red Flags Tell Your Truth. I am your host, Jesse Bushdigan, and I bid you good day and stay safe. We'll see you again next time.